Hey, congratulations. You found another edition of the Mike Farrell Sports Talk Show. So we lucky. are uh, we're on the Believe Podcast Network. We are on YouTube. You can find us at Mike's website, MikeFarrellSports.com. We're all over the place, Mike. And today's Remind agenda. Remind me of that read, too. I can do that, uh, that online read. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. We got a lot of things to get to today. The agenda is packed uh, for orientation purposes only. This is Tuesday afternoon by the time Mike and I are talking. So we do not yet know what the college football playoff rankings are, although I think we all know what the college football playoff rankings are, Mike. Obviously, the top four teams and last week's rankings, uh, while it wasn't pretty for the majority of them, they all came out with W's. So Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU in that order. Mike, looking to your Mike Farrell Sports crystal ball. Any changes you see in that top four? No, but can we can we really try to jam Alabama back in the playoff? I told you. How many shows ago did I tell you? Just find me the path for Alabama back at the playoff, right? Because the top four are solid. And then here's where it gets squirrely. Number five, Tennessee, who you had in the playoff, is now out. Uh, thanks to getting boat ra- oh don't you well, don't you even sigh at me Mike no, you no, had no, them in the playoffs. Let's talk about this. So I, every time I I back a team they suck. Like Clemson, I know I love it I every all week. All about them and being under yes. you know and they sucked and then Tennessee like they should be in they suck. Um, so yeah. whoever who, whoever I'm going to curse this week um, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah Alabama let's get them back in the playoff. Screw it. So Tennessee uh, out 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 at five. Uh, They're uh, not going to uh, be at five uh, anymore. Uh, LSU was at six. I move. I assume they'll move up to five. Have to, I guess. I mean, the biggest okay. question is going to be Clemson, Alabama, right. and USC. Well, let's get so to that. USC is going to be well, so six, seven, eight. So essentially, somewhere between USC, Alabama, Clemson. Yes. So could 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 USC be fifth? To be fair, I mean they had a they had a quote unquote bigger win by beating number sixteen UCLA. Now it wasn't exactly a dominating performance, where LSU beat up a, a UAB team that is five and six on the year. So you could look at that and say maybe USC was more impressive last week, and you vault them to pro. five. I, I guess that's not without the realm of possibility. You're starting to hear more of the Mike Farrell started this rumor, uh, Caleb Williams Heisman talk. I've seen more yeah. of that now getting around the internet. I think to be fair, you were, you were one of the first ones I heard saying that now it's out there everywhere. So you got a, a Heisman uh, darling candidate, a, a, a PAC 12 team, a Los Angeles market team, a team. Everybody always says college football is better when they're better. I could easily see them getting up to five. So they did in the, in the AP, they leapfrogged LSU, yeah. um, you know, and Clemson leapfrogged Alabama, which yeah. I found intriguing as well. My, the way I see it, it's going to play out. I, I think the the SEC love will continue. I think LSU would probably be five, USC would be six, but it wouldn't shock me if those are flipped. Okay. Um, Alabama was ahead of Clemson last week in the college football playoffs. You know, Clemson. Yep. Who cares? You know about their recent victory. Blah blah blah. Alabama will remain ahead of them too. So I think you'll have two SEC teams uh, with two losses in the top seven. That's Does does the Tennessee curb stomping at South Carolina hurt Alabama at all? It should hurt LSU more. I mean, LSU got destroyed by yeah. Tennessee. And sure, now fair. we're seeing, you know, and, and again, this defense. So I, 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 I went all in on Tennessee last week as a one loss, you know, should be in the playoff because of their record and resume and all this other stuff. And we had the big argument 
you know, if LSU gets in, Tennessee should get in. And, and that was fun. Um, you know, now Tennessee, obviously that defense finally got exposed by someone with a tremendous game plan and it got exposed by Alabama. I mean, they scored 49 points, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think it hurts both of those teams. I think it hurts LSU more, but LSU has more to play for. I mean, so if LSU, you know, they, they control their own destiny, as we like to say, they beat Georgia, um, you know, then they're in as a two loss. There's no way the SEC champion is not going to get in. Um, and they're going to beat Texas A&M this weekend. There's no question about that. So that's really what it comes down to. Now, three losses, you're done. Um, Alabama, I don't think it will hurt them. I don't think the Tennessee, I don't think anything hurts Alabama. I, I think Alabama is a two loss team would probably get in over a one loss ACC champion. I think they'd probably get in maybe over a one loss big 12 champion. Um, and would certainly get in over a two-loss Pac-12 champion. So the way it shakes out for Alabama is they got to hope Georgia beats LSU. They got to hope there's a blowout, and it's usually my thought is Ohio State blows out Michigan and knocks Michigan far down and out of the playoff discussion because their their schedule is just a joke. And they got to hope TCU loses. All of those things could happen. Um, and then Alabama could sneak in at four. So I think they stay ahead of Clemson just so the committee could have that possibility happen. Uh, and I think they, they, the Tennessee loss won't hurt them, but it will hurt, you know, LSU, but it doesn't matter because LSU's got their own destiny. All right. Well, that's fun. So no, no real intrigue this week, Mike. We need some more upsets. We need some, I know you're an agent of chaos. We need some more chaos. Uh, well, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Notre Dame later in the pod. You know, how they how they impact USC. Uh, that's an intriguing game. TCU could lose to Iowa State. You don't know. We keep waiting for TCU to lose a football game, and they keep pulling them out in miraculous fashion, whether it's rushing onto the field for a late field goal or coming back from 15 to 20 points in the fourth quarter. But we still keep waiting for that. Um, you know, the biggest thing to me is going to be how, how close is that Big Ten game? Because if that game 17-14, which sounds low scoring, I know, but let's say it's okay, let's say it's 27-24, um, you know, and, and Ohio State wins, there's a possibility Michigan could get in as a one loss. Um, and certainly if Michigan wins by a field goal, there's a chance that Ohio State could get in. So there is intrigue this weekend. It's not a complete elimination game in the Big Ten. Um, it depends on how lopsided that score is. All right. Well, if there's not intrigue on the field, Mike, maybe there's intrigue off the field. And uh, it's now, everybody, let me welcome you officially to Lane Kiffin season. Yes. Lane Kiffin season is upon us. So uh, rumors are now floating around there. Some people saying that Lane to Auburn is a done deal. Mm -hmm. It'll be announced as soon as Friday. Mm -hmm. Lane's already informed people he's resigning. Lane himself got on Twitter and basically tried to refute those and had a couple of funny memes back to the reporter. Although he never said no, by the way. Uh, He just had funny memes that uh, we're answering back to the reporter, Mike. So some people saying Lane to Auburn is a done deal. Some people saying that it's not a done deal, including Lane Kiffin. What are we to believe here? What the hell is going on with Lane? Okay. Is Auburn, you know, is Auburn in play for him? What's going on with Ole Miss? Give me the rundown here. Auburn's in play. Um, you know, I think Kiffin knows what he's going to do, and I just don't think he's going to discuss it, as is the case with every coach who's, you know, got a team that's focused on the final week of the season and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't want to lose the locker room. And there were a lot of, you know, people that were accusing Kiffin of mailing it in against Arkansas last weekend, or, you know, um, old Miss fans saying that he's on his way out. Uh, I don't know who the dude was. He's a Mississippi state guy with a blue check mark, not a Twitter blue check mark, but a blue check mark. 
but he actually did refute it. I mean, so what was said is that it's a done deal and it's going to happen Friday. And then it was puzzling to say that no offer has been made. So how's it going to be done Friday, but no offers been made? It was really a dumb, weird tweet from a guy who wants to be first. And I saw another dummy last week say it's a done deal and it's going to be announced right after their last game and all this. So people are throwing, you know, crap against the wall to see what sticks. Kiffin did say that's news to me. I mean, that's refuting it to me. Um, I don't think he would have said anything. I don't think he would have said anything if it's not true. So my guess is he's going to stay at Ole Miss. I, I really don't think he would have hit the, the the button on the tweet machine and commented on this whatsoever if he was going to leave. That's just well, my what, opinion. Well, why stay there? I, I know there's there's reports that, that Ole Miss has a, a contract extension potentially on the table or in the works mm-hmm. for him. Um, why stay at Ole Miss if you're Lane Kiffin? Well, he's gonna, he would get more money at Auburn, and both sides are going to offer him a guaranteed contract. You know, So it's all going to be guaranteed money. You know, the, the Mel Tuckers of the world kind of ruined it for any athletic directors out there who want to get away from guaranteed money, and Jimbo Fisher ruined it as well. So now somebody's going to have to pony up, you know, an $8 million offer. Old Miss can afford it. Uh, Auburn's can certainly afford it. So now it comes down to he'll get a little bit more probably. It'll be a more lucrative offer at Auburn. Does he want to move? Does he want to upset the apple cart? Does he want to go within division to a different team where there's a lot of outside interference and maybe he can't beat Kiffin? I know there's going to be assurances. The new athletic director they hired in his contract had said he has final say on everything. You can write that all you want. You know, Brian Harson was given assurances that the boosters wouldn't take over. But if they don't like you, they're going to try to get rid of you. Now, Kiffin will get more leeway than a Brian Harson who was a fish out of water. I think he would stay simply because he wants additional better jobs. And I'm not saying Auburn's a bad job. It's a job you can win a national championship at. As we've seen, it's got great recruiting territory. It's got a lot of money. There's a lot of options there. But by better jobs, I mean maybe Saban, you know, following him in Alabama, which Kiffin would probably love. I don't know the man. I, I've met him a few times, talked to him. I love him. I think his personality is amazing, except when he's on the air. Like I've had interviewed him a few times and there hasn't been a more boring human being. Um, but I know his personality is great uh, outside of things. So he's being very tempered with his media behavior, but he can't resist himself with the Twitter thing. I, I don't know why he'd stay short of maybe wanting the A&M job down the road, wanting the Alabama job down the road. Um, but I do know, I don't think he would chime in if it was, if he was leaving. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be one of those situations where he's going to announce a big extension. You know, Jimmy Sexton's his, his agent. He's no dummy. He's going to get as much money as he can for Lane. Uh, and he's going to get that money without him having to change jobs. Who's next up then for Auburn? I know obviously you've been floating the name Hugh Freeze out there. Who's next up if you're Auburn? So I was told this week that if, if, if Kiffin's offered the job at Auburn, that he would be very, it'd be very difficult him for him to not to take it. But again, I think Jimmy Sexton would sort of play this up and, and the, you know, he'd advise him to sort of stay put and we'll get bigger down the road. Uh, you know, Hugh Freeze signed an extension with Liberty and is very comfortable there and the expectations are not high there. Um, and he's lost to two, really bad teams recently, UConn and Virginia Tech. But I've been told if he's offered the job, he's going to take it. 
Um, so I think they're going to get one of their top two choices. And I don't think it goes beyond that. I think if they go Kiffin and they whiff, um, whiffing on Kiffin, then I think they go, uh, <laughs> you know, and they get you freeze. So I think it's going to be one of those two guys. How quickly do they want this wrapped up? Obviously, uh, the transfer portal window is opening fast. soon. Signing day is coming along. How soon do you see this being wrapped up? I think fast. I, I think Auburn, you know, they, they've known this. They knew heading into this season, Brian Harson wasn't going to make it. Um, you know, short of going nine and, you know, three with an Auburn, Alabama win or 10 and two with an Alabama win. So they've been preparing for this for quite some time. So they don't have to take their time. They've got their two targets. One of them is going to say yes. I think this happens immediately. I think we start to see, and Sexton, by the way, is the agent for uh, Hugh Freeze, too. So you want to talk about a guy. Isn't that convenient? Position. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, <laughs> oh, Kiffin wants it. Uh, why don't you talk to Hugh's agent and let's see what he thinks? He leaves the room, he comes back in, Jimmy Sexton, Hugh Freeze's agent. <laughs> it's just, he hangs great. up, he hangs up one phone, picks up the other one. Is that how that <laughs> it's works? Just great. <laughs> And yeah. they, so, I mean, they're going to get who they want. They can make this decision very quick. They can make it in time with the portal. The FCS portal's open. If you don't follow at Feral Portal, you're an idiot because my guy is Portal Jesus, we call him. He's on top of everything that's happening there. And uh, we're up like a thousand followers in the last couple of days because we are pumping out. And you think FCS, who cares? Well, FCS is like... There's talent there. Yeah. I mean, Ward at Washington State, Jared Verse. I mean, we did an article last week about the FCS guys who have uh, made an impact. Um, and not just at the, the high Power 5 level. I mean, Bailey Zappi was, a, was an FCS transfer and, and such. So there's a lot of talent in that FCS portal. And right now, you don't have a coach to sell. Um, recruiting, obviously, the early signing period is coming up. I think they want to make this decision very, very fast. And I think it'll probably be the week after the last game. Another name that was floated around in connection with Auburn, which seems more and more unlikely these days, is Deion Sanders reports this week that uh, he's been talking to uh, Colorado State and to uh, to the so, University of South Florida. Colorado, uh, not Colorado Col State. Oh, sorry, Colorado. Uh, yeah. And uh, Colorado University State's of... The worst program in the college also football. fair and yeah. uh university of, of south florida which is not a p5 school even though it says it on the screen here right uh so right. two schools that are now potentially in play for dion i know this one's a head scratcher for you right because in one in one sense he's got a big cachet he's always did a nice job of recruiting down at, at jackson state but on the other hand you and i say this every week we don't know if he's a good coach or not and he's getting yeah. some of these job opportunities yeah. uh, again and not that either one of these are you know uh, probably stay forever jobs. What are your thoughts on, I guess, what the market is for Dion, and is if either of these schools should pull the trigger in hiring? Well, USF should for sure, and, and you and I have talked, you know, uh, about this, where the AAC is, you know, where it stands, who's leaving. Um, it's going to be a, a bit of a watered down league, obviously, with um, with UCF, Cincinnati, Houston leaving. You know, Colorado, that makes no sense. I mean, yeah, if I was Colorado, I'd throw it out there too. But, you know, no. He's got no ties there. He's got a name, yeah, but it's just that's complete opposite of what um, I would think that he would want to do. Um, but we don't know if he can coach. And and so when I put out the USF uh, article a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, Dion is a great fit for USF, everybody laughed. They're like, oh, my God, you know, he's deciding whether he wants Auburn or not. And, you know, he's going to wait for Florida State or he's going to wait for this, that, and the other. No, that's not how life works. It's not how athletic directors work. It's not how anybody works. So people said Georgia Tech, he could take it if he wants to. I don't think he's the top choice there. 
definitely not the top choice at Auburn. He would be at USF because of his ties to Florida, um, because of his ability to recruit in-state. You know, Dion would kill it in recruiting. Uh, He wouldn't out-recruit Miami. He wouldn't out-recruit Florida State or Florida, but he'd be right up there. Um, And and I think he would recruit on par to UCF because of his name. Now he could also build his staff. Right now he's got a staff at Jackson State where he can't take that staff and plug it in at Auburn at a Power 5 program. He needs guys around him. And anybody who does hire him at the Power 5 level is going to say, who's your staff? How experienced are they? Because we don't know if you can coach. Um, You know, the other thing is going to help him get experience. Right now he's winning games where his roster is the most talented. You know, he needs to learn second half experience. He needs to learn, um, you know, how to coach against a team that's better than him. Uh, on the field and, and USF gives them that opportunity because they stink. I think he would kill it in the portal. He would kill it in recruiting. I think he could instantly make them a contender in the AAC after maybe a year, maybe a year two. Um, and, and then I think he, from there, he could pick and choose his power five jobs. But right now he's not, he's not the top guy for any of these power five jobs. I don't care who you listen to. Um, listen to me. Trust me. He's not their top choice. So at this time next week is Dion. Where's Dion coaching at? Jackson State. I, I don't think he's going to make. Okay. I don't think he's going to make the move. He should. I think he should go to USF, but I don't think he's going to make that move. I, I think he's going to stay at Jackson State, um, and then I think we're going to see this start all over again next year. Um, you know, Mike Norvell could win nine games this season. I said he wouldn't win six, as we all know. Great job, but. And this is nothing against Mike Norvell, nor is it nothing against Florida State. We're in a fickle world. You know, two weeks ago, Billy Napier, oh, we got this thing going right. We destroyed South Carolina. Then they lose to Vanderbilt. This guy sucks. Let's get him out of here, you know, and he's in year one. This is how it works. You know, Norvell gets off to a tough start next season, and there's going to be all this talk about Dion, Dion, Dion. And that's the one job I think power five-wise, not right now, but if Norvell was four and eight this season and they fired him at the end of the year, I think they would tap Dion on the shoulder. So I think he stays at Jackson State, but he should go to USF. All right, let's go back to last year's hires, Mike. I know one hire that you were a little bit concerned about and early on you didn't think was a great fit has now turned out to be a hire that is actually has a lot of tentacles in this college football playoff and where the yeah. season will, will end up, Mike. And that's Notre Dame, obviously yeah. Marcus Freeman, their head coach. And uh, we've seen Notre Dame in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they, they, they take a Clemson team down uh, that, uh, that you thought had opportunities. And this week they have an opportunity to play USC. Again, we just talked at the top about a team that could be a top five, tox, a top six team. They've already played Ohio State. Uh, so that could be interesting as, as things kind of uh, turn up. Why is Notre Dame all of a sudden to you a very interesting piece of this whole college football playoff puzzle? Well, if Ohio State loses um, in a close game, they're going to look at that win. And it's a very, very big win right now. Um, you know, it, 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 at the time it was preseason number five, right, Notre Dame. Uh, but now they're AP number 13. They're eight and three. Uh, it's a real good resume win. You know, whereas they've got Penn State as well, who was the top 10 team at the time. Um, and Michigan has none of that. So what's going to happen is if Michigan does win, uh, Ohio State's going to be able to cling to that victory, the Penn State victory, um, and really potentially stay in the playoff hunt as a one-loss team. You know, they knocked Clemson out, so they're very impactful in the playoff, and they couldn't knock USC out. And, you know, had had North Carolina had no chance at the playoff. 
you know, but they stubbed their toe last week against Georgia Tech inexplicably. But th- that's another win over a team that, you know, let's say they beat Clemson in the ACC title game. Let's say a lot of crazy, wacky stuff happened and they fell up near that 5-6 tier, um, which, you know, virtually impossible. But I'm just saying Notre Dame's beaten a whole lot of teams that we've been talking about. Um, Marcus Freeman, in the Ohio State game, I liked the way he coached. He looked confident, and they played a, a team that I expected to beat them by, like, 40 in Ohio State. Then he looked lost to me in the Marshall game. He looked especially lost in the Stanford game. And I'm like, mm, I wonder if this guy's over his head. Defense coordinator, never been a head coach before. And now things have settled. And now he's feeling, you know, comfortable as a power five coach. And recruiting's going well. Everything's going well. So this is one of those situations where, you know, he and Venables at the beginning of the season were like, oh, my gosh, these guys are over their heads. Well, he's proven he's not. Venables, we still got to see. That was a big win last weekend. But Notre Dame's in really good shape if this guy can coach because he can recruit better than Brian Kelly. And if you can recruit better than Brian Kelly and coach to the near the Brian Kelly level, uh, you got a chance to do some things. Yeah, I mean, they're 8-3 and three right now. If they somehow beat uh, USC, which isn't implausible, right? If they somehow beat USC, nine wins, they go to a bowl game, win that. That's a 10-win season in year one for Marcus Freeman. I mean, based on where he started after – you know, after week two, if I had said he's going to win 10 games, you probably would have fired me off the show right away. Right. So to see that turnaround has been impressive. And you talked about recruiting and I want to take it there for a second. They had a, a big announcement today. Uh, I know something that you thought was critical for that 23 class. Um, what's the update on Notre Dame recruiting uh, and what do you like about this signing? So, you know, again, I've been I've worked for a company for a very long time that did a mathematical math, mathematical equation and didn't allow us to really do a subjective analysis of who the recruiting classes should be ranked. Because way back in the day, we decided, let's take all the bias out of it and let's put a mathematical system in place so that no one can accuse us of bias. Um, the good part of that is no one can accuse you of bias. And, and other companies followed suit. And now we have all these recruiting companies with their mathematical, you know, um, formulation of who's best. But you still have to look at the class and you still have to look how it meets needs. Okay, so Notre Dame, they're number two some places, they're number three other places. I did not have them there simply because they didn't have a quarterback in this class. Um, I personally think, this is my opinion, based on 25 years, you have to have a quarterback in every class. Um, If you wait a year, if you miss a year, you will bring two in and and you'll have a little bit of a struggle, especially with the portal. Now Um, they're two bunched together. One doesn't win the job or one, you know, gets pushed away a little bit, you know, he's going to jump. If you miss two years, which Joe Paterno did in the two thousands and which Florida state did, um, you know, when they struck out on Sam Howell and the Willie, Willie Taggart era, you're destroyed. It's going to take you a few years to get back and recover. And we saw that at those two schools. You can never do that. Now, they weren't going to go two years because C.J. Carr is a very talented player, Lloyd Carr's grandson, in the 2024 class. He was going to reclassify in 2023, so that's why they waited. It turns out he can't reclassify, so they went and stole Pitt's commitment. Kenny Minchie, quarterback from Tennessee, he's okay. He's not a difference maker. He's not, you know, anybody who says that Brian Kelly couldn't recruit quarterbacks, well, this isn't a guy that's going to make you forget that Brian Kelly couldn't recruit quarterbacks uh, or develop them. But he's important because you need him in this class. Um, So that's, to me, 
pushes this. I, I got him as a you know four star kid, but lower on the on the end of the top twenty five quarterbacks. This pushes their class up into the top five for me, and that's extremely important. So analysis of the class itself. I'm not doing math anymore. I'm just going to look at the class. How does it fit their needs? Where are they strong? What positions did they with? And, and any other positions. Um, and now there's really no holes in this class that I could see, and that should excite Notre Dame fans. Let's talk about recruiting for a second. Obviously, we are getting very close to early signing period. Uh, we know the portal is obviously opening here at the FBS level uh, in the next 10 days or so. Uh, so now it's time to look, Mike, who's who's doing well. So obviously classes have been, yeah. you know, on on paper, quote unquote, right, committed for a while. But until they sign that actual piece of paper, nothing's official. So as we get down to the wire here, which classes are you kind of watching closely to either see if they can finish strong and hold on? And which classes are you concerned about schools that you're saying, hey, I don't I don't know if they're going to be pull this one across the finish line so you should be happy if you're an alabama fan even though you had two losses. When, when are you not happy if you're an yeah, alabama I know. Fan. Well, you, trust me those people are not happy they're, not, they're just not i remember for years and years and years when they were winning a national championship every other year under nick saban and they had the number one recruiting class for i think eight out of ten years i'd still get fans bitching at me about a kid's ranking who should be a five he's a four you know he should be like a top you know, 100 kids, he's 101, just bitching and moaning. So they're never happy. No fan base is ever happy, at least the trolls and the annoyance, the annoying people. Um, but if you're an Alabama fan, you should always be happy to your point, but also you should be happy because recruiting is going extremely well. You're going to close strong. You'll probably finish with the number one recruiting class, at least in my book. Um, you should be happy at Notre Dame. We just talked about why. Should certainly be happy at Ohio State. Great, great recruiting class. You should be very, very happy at Texas. The Arch Manning effect is in full force, and Texas A&M's implosion this season is a real benefit to you. Um, you should always be happy at Georgia and LSU in recruiting. Uh, Clemson is probably, from a from a recruiting management aspect, probably one of the top two or three teams in the country. And by that, I mean they don't always take classes of 25 kids. You know, they sometimes take 18 player classes. This one's got 22 right now. They do a great job. Uh, of, of, you know, quality over quantity at times. This is one of the bigger classes for them. There's not one kid rated below, uh, in my book, uh, below a four-star. And that's that's very impressive. They don't have a lot of upper echelon five-stars. Um, they have a couple, you know, the Zena is a guy that I think is a five-star, but other people don't have him there. The quarterback should be happy as Clemson, okay? And, you know, Miami fans should be happy, and I know they're not, and the team stinks. I get that. But recruiting under Cristobal is going as well as humanly possible because of his ability to recruit um, and the fact that he's keeping this class together despite the, the failures on the field. So those are the teams I think should be happy. You know, the teams that are normally good football teams that should be unhappy to me, um, I'm not overly happy. If I'm USC, and the reason I say this, I mean, they've got a good class. It's 20 deep. They've got some headliners, um, especially Malachi Nelson, the quarterback. But I expected a little bit more. Um, now, Lincoln Riley's done a great job. Uh, they're 10-1. and one, But I expected them to really dominate anywhere they wanted to on the West Coast, and that hasn't happened. Um, and also be able to recruit nationally, similar to what Pete Carroll did. So I expected a top five, six class, uh, and we're not getting it. Um, I also don't think you should be super duper happy yet if you're Florida State. Um, they just got a quarterback flip from Ohio State, which 
we just talked about how important it is to have a quarterback in each class. Uh, they didn't have one in this class. So Brock Lynn flipping, uh, that's very, very important to them. But again, I don't think it's the, I think it's the third best class in your own state. Uh, and that's not great. Um, and then uh, Texas A&M, you should not be happy. They've got 11 kids in this class. You're coming off the number one recruiting class in the country. Uh, a, out of these 11, eight of them are taking other visits. Um, you could lose another three. It's awful. It's really, really bad at Texas A&M, and, and rightfully so, because nobody wants to play for uh, the, the team that you see on the field now that just struggled with UMass. How does the transfer portal, you think, impact this in terms of some of these classes? Do you see movement in the portal impacting some of these classes? Do you see, you know, a Texas A&M type of uh, situation? You know, can they rebound and refill in the portal? How does that kind of make your your life harder as an analyst, as a recruiting expert, trying to factor it and what's going to happen with the portal? Well, the schools are, are adjusting as well. You're seeing, you know, a lot of these classes, usually you see classes in the top 25 essentially all of them would be 25 or more, you know, the academic schools, maybe 20 to 23. You're seeing some small classes here because they're holding back scholarships uh, for the portal. Um, and that's, it makes it difficult for sure because we did really don't know what addition. So let's say I grade out, I don't know, I'm gonna choose the school that does a lot of work in the portal. Let me choose. Well, okay, I'm going to use Miami as an example because Miami is going to lose a lot of players and, and they're going to push a lot of players out. You know, we saw the Cristobal, you know, quote, you come and pick up your kids if you're not happy with the playing time. He wants some of these guys gone. So they're going to be a lot of players in that portal, that rosters numbers are going to come down and they're going to fill those gaps with a lot of players in the portal. So for Miami, let's say they get a top seven recruiting class this year. I don't know how that's going to translate on the field. Uh, because the addition and subtraction of the portal, you got 45 days after the conference championship games. Then you got a 15-day window in the spring. I don't know who they're going to add, how well they're going to recruit in the portal. Um, so what what I do is in my head is I do a combination. I do high school recruiting rankings, and then I do portal recruiting rankings. Um, right now, the portal is dead because, you know, FCS kids can go in. Um, but the FBS kids can't unless they're grad transfers or your coach was fired. So there's not a lot of commitments right now to deal with. Um, talk to me in January when 2,000 kids go in the portal um, over that 45-day window, and the majority of the big-name kids have already found new homes, then I can tell you. But it makes things a lot more difficult from a roster management standpoint, from a ranking standpoint. But it also, to your point, allows a team that is in shambles – to mm -hmm. put a lot of band-aids there. I mean, look at USC, four and eight last season. Yep. You know, Lincoln Riley's a great coach, but is he a great coach to go from four and eight to potentially 11 and one? No, but he brought Caleb Williams with him. He brought Mario Williams with him. He, he got died before he got injured down from Oregon. Jordan Addison from Pitt. Uh, that portal can make you go from four and eight to a playoff contender if you do it right. Well, I think that's the other unknown. We're talking, and it's a lot of fun each week to talk about potential coaching moves, but that's going to have domino effects for player movement as well, right? So if Kiffin, let's just say, goes to Auburn, are kids going to then leave, you know, you know, leave Ole Miss to come with him? Are they going to leave Ole Miss because they don't want to play in the new coach's offense? I think that's the other unknown is as these coaching changes happen. Again, fun to talk about, but that's going to have a oh, lot of a, a lot of churn that's on awesome. the court. That's awesome, though. I mean, it really, there's three things in this world, and I'm not a subscription service. 
yet, right? But I worked oh. for one for a very long time. Spoiler alert. Um, not a spoiler. I mean, I really, I, until I bring enough value to be a subscriber on <laughs> site, I don't think I'm going to go subscription. So it's really a self-effacing move. It's not really a spoiler. Um, I, I don't feel right now, I'm at, the site's at the point where I feel good enough to charge people to be on it. And when I do feel good enough, then I will. But working for a subscription site for years and years and years, the things that move the needle, commitment flips, decommitments, coaching changes, and not just head coaches, but this coordinator left, you know, Jeff Levy leaves Ole Miss, he goes to Oklahoma, how does that impact here? Lincoln Riley goes, that's the stuff that makes for chaos. And it's going to be absolute chaos. And the best part about it is the season ends, there's no more games to talk about except for crappy bowl games until we get to the playoff. Um, the portal is going to change everything. And a lot of the kids, 85% of the kids are going to sign in December and be locked in. But these changes are going to occur after that early signing period. You're going to have coaches jump to the NFL. I'm not talking head coaches, but I'm talking like assistant coaches or coordinators or whatever, all that stuff. So the December kids are locked in. But with the portal, they could jump in. There's nothing stopping them from jumping into the portal in that 45 day window, which is hilarious to me. I mean, you could sign and jump in the same window. Um, and it's really gonna cause a lot of roster changes as well, because, you know, listen, if I signed up to go to Oregon as a transfer and Kenny Dillingham was the guy I wanted to play for, and he, you know, ends up going to someplace else as a head coach or as, a, as an offensive coordinator elsewhere, I'm transferring too. And I might follow him. Um, that's what's cool about it. It's not cool for coaches and it sucks, but they make a lot of money to deal with this crap. Um, so I'm looking forward to absolute chaos. Which tells more about uh, betonline.ag, Mike. Oh, I know yeah. it's uh, something that you're really passionate about here. Totally I know it's a big promo that. code with believe that uh, <laughs> gets somebody some, some opportunities here. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah, and Butcher Box is also a sponsor. Um, but those, those, you know, on YouTube, you're not going to hear the Butcher Box ad. So I'll tell you about Butcher Box, which is a, a meat subscription, which honestly, can you think of two manlier words than meat subscription? Beer subscription? Okay. Well, let's call them equal. How about that? So <laughs> butcherbox.com is a tremendous sponsor of the Mike Farrell Sports Show. Bet Online is a tremendous sponsor of the Mike Farrell Sports Show as well. So here's the read. Uh, I would rather do this impromptu, but they want us to do the read. But uh, honestly, I could do it like this and say betonline.ag. Uh, uh, join, receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, gambling's fun. Do it more and get, you know, 50% welcome bonus. Um, but I'll read the read. Basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, or you're not going to get your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So I use it, I love it. Um, as we all know by my Saturday, which I think got picked up for another year, I'm not sure. 
So I, mm. as you know, I, I do the the um, betting pros. Uh, I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. Every every Saturday morning with you. Thor, you, and... you text me a link every Saturday at like nine fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I do that to everybody. It's not just you. So okay. it's just a spammer. I, I spam people with it because you know you never okay. know you get somebody to tune in. Uh, plus, you would have made money last week because um, honestly, a lot of my props. The only thing that's killing my props lately are injuries. I I, I had um, you know Jameer Gibbs two weeks ago. He gets injured in the game. Who did I have last week that got injured? And it kind of bummed me out. Oh, oh, Braylon Allen. I had Braylon Allen scoring a rushing touchdown in that Nebraska game, Wisconsin. He was going mm-hmm. to, and then he gets hurt in the first quarter. I'm like, oh. But other than that, you know, the, the props have been great. It's free money. Um, and then, you know, the, the other part of it is just the game lines and the under and all that stuff. So I do it with Thor. He texted me today. He talked to his bosses. They're excited about some new idea that I have for next year's show. So I'm assuming that means we're going to be picked up. Because if they're excited wow. about it, they're probably going to pick us up. So I love to gamble. Yeah. Um, I, I love betonline.ag. I love, uh, you know, obviously betting pros where it's not a gambling system. It's It'll give you advice on how to gamble and stuff like that. So any degenerate behavior I can come up with. I wish I drank more. I don't. I wish I did drugs. I don't. <laughs> probably tough to get so sponsored for that. Gambling is all I have. What, drugs and booze? Yeah. Well, booze is probably well, easy. Boozy, drugs may be hungry. And I do drink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the days of me drinking I, I was, for like. I wasn't days. accusing you of not drinking, Mike. Well, no. I mean, they, I used to drink all the time, like 24 hours a day, except for sleeping, and I stopped doing that. So now it's just a cocktail here and there. But I will take those type of sponsors. Uh, and then I had a sponsor. Uh, they kind of went ghost on me, Rogue, uh, Rogue Shop in Texas. They're an online, you know, CBD and THC company. Uh, they were one of my first sponsors, but I, I don't know if he died. Uh, I, I, I just, I texted him and I didn't hear back. And I'm, I'm not a pester texter. Um, you know, I just text. And if you respond, you respond the way to you, I would. Uh, because, you know, I need to schedule this stuff. But yeah, I, I would do uh, THC, CBD, um, b- booze. But gambling is really my niche Good. degenerate behavior. Well, good. And a perfect time of the sports year, by the way. You've got NFL, you've got college football, you've got NBA, college basketball. World Cup is going on right now. Don't know if you're World a soccer Cup. guy, Mike, but you got the World I'm Cup not, on right now. I don't even know anything, but I just like I look at the odds and you give me like a plus four hundred and a Qatar. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't take that if I were you. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> um, just well, FYI, if you need soccer help, let me know. Uh, it would fun. usually be oh, avoid you do, Qatar. Do you know soccer? I know a little bit about, I know All enough right, to avoid yeah. Qatar. Well, I'm going to text you then because I need some soccer advice because I, I, I've gambled. Well, don't, don't, don't do that because you texted me for AAC advice last week oh, and I have, I got you bludgeoned. To be fair though, you actually had the same pick. You were asking me to confirm your I idea. Did, so. I did, I did, I had SMU covering and they got drilled, you know? Yeah. And if you remember, I was pretty good on uh, UCF earlier this season being right. And then uh, the Temple game kind of threw me for a little. I'm like, I'm taking yeah. Temple. They're getting 31 and they lost 77 to like, what, 10? Yeah. It's the last time we were actually but good. Gambling, but gambling, you uh, want to lose, man. I'm about. So I do this online stuff with a few of the uh, Twitter people. My record is horrendous. It's awful. But I don't research it like I do for this show. So they asked me for my picks by uh, Thursday. And by Saturday morning, I have so much data and information. I know who's going to play, who's not going to play. Sometimes Thursday, you don't. Um, I'm pretty good on Saturdays. I've been doing pretty well. And sometimes if I don't like the side or the line, I'll just take the under or the over, and I've been hitting that pretty well too. So anyways, betonline.eg, 
betting pros, follow them on Twitter or go to bettingpros.com and join into the show on Saturdays, which I think has been picked up for another year with um, the enthusiastic Thor Nystrom. If you've seen our show, Mm. you know, I talk a lot on this Mm. because it's my show. Sure. Thor never shuts up. He just talks. What do you and do I just about sit that? back and every once in a while I'm like, yeah, eh, I like Syracuse and then let him go. And it's really easy. Well, that's where you can find more of, uh, of Mike if you're interested in hearing him drone on for uh, for more and more hours. If you want to read some of the stuff uh, that Mike and his team put out, again, go to MikeFarrellSports.com. Check out the website. I'm sure Mike would appreciate it. If you swing by daily, check out the stuff. They're heavy in recruiting. Yes. A bunch of articles a day, five, six, seven articles a day. They're, they're getting more into the recruiting stuff. Portal season coming up here. Bowl season coming up here. I, I have a feeling this is Mike's, you know, this is prime time for MikeFarrellSports.com. So we hit up. You know, over the last week, we were up 223% last week. Um, so we're growing exponentially. We're starting to be picked up a lot more um, in syndication. Um, but last week was such a big, big number that we're, we're down in traffic this week, which is kind of depressing because, you know, like you should rise every week. But over the last month, we're up 92%, uh, 74.5% in sessions. So as, as that continues to go, you know, my goal is for X amount of day now, um, in March, it'll be a much, much higher number. And then by the beginning of next season, that's when I might feel good enough to ask for a couple bucks a month. So we'll see. But right now it's free. So check it out. Hey, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, subscribing to the YouTube channel uh, and watching some uh, some of Mike's videos, reading some of Mike's articles. All your support is helpful. Uh, we're going to get out of here. We got some other stuff we got to do. So hopefully you enjoyed this uh, condensed version of the Mike Real Sports Show. Again, appreciate your time as always. Uh, we'll be back next week, probably. You never know. Thank you. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.